Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Two Cups of Tea. I'm Chris Heath, and I get to stick the kettle on and hear the life story of an amazing character in their golden years. This time around, it's a kind of bonus edition. I'm revisiting my nan, who was my guest on episode one. She's been on at me that she forgot to tell all her best stories, so I've come back to hoover up all the podcast gold we didn't get to last time. I suppose it's a bit like Grand Designs Revisited, uh, except I'm not Kevin MacLeod and I don't really care about the integrity of my nan's bungalow. Anyway, here's the cheesy title music. Now, this is an unusual break from the format of the Two Cups of Tea podcast. Yeah. Because you've got a small half a glass of beer rather than a cup of tea. I'll have a cup of tea and a biscuit later. Ah, fair enough. That's fine. That's like when you give blood. (laughs) (laughs) So, Brenda, a few weeks ago we recorded your Two Cups of Tea podcast. Yes. And since then you have been saying, oh, I wish I'd told this story, I wish I'd told that story. Yes. So, basically... This is a chance to do the greatest hits. We're going to do them again. We're going to go through the ones you forgot to tell. Because you've written on the back of a... What is it? On the back of a a Christmas card from last year, (laughs) you've written all the stories you forgot to tell. Um, So we're going to do them now. It's It's basically the greatest hits of Brenda... Okay. Ideally, I would have the pick of the pops music, but I've only got one cassette player. Oh. So I can't. So let me. Is there anything by Michael Bublé? (laughs) No, unfortunately (laughs) not. Oh, what a shame. (laughs) Now then, because people might not have listened to the last one, the podcast, with your whole interview and your whole life story. The fact we're dotting around the place telling different stories might mean that people don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. So, shall we do a potted history of you, a quick timeline? Yes. Okay, <laughs> right. So, born 1929, Stilton, the Fens, East Anglia. Yes. You raised in Stilton. Yes. With your two brothers. Yes. And your mum and dad. I was. In, in the late 40s, early 50s, you met my granddad, your husband-to-be. Yes. Who was from Puerto Rico and in the Air Force? In American Air Force. So then you went across the sea to be stationed in Georgia. From there, you went to Washington, then to France, then to Puerto Rico, where your husband came from. Yeah. Then back to England in the early 60s. 1963. Where you stayed, and then later on you went back out to America again. 
Yes. Is that right? Yeah. And now you're back here in Stilton again? Yes. OK, good. We can carry on now. Right, Brenda. <laughs> OK, let's start. Now, I've got all of your notes here. Um, so I'm just going to read out, and they're all like little kind of cryptic clues. Yes. So I'm going to read the first one, which just says, My First Bike. Well, we were, my mother had her tins saving for the holiday, for the coalman, for the butcher, for the baker. <laughs> like little tins on the windowsill? No, in a box, in a big blanket box upstairs. Oh, OK. And once she put money in those tins for a certain thing, she would not take it out for anything. Right. So... <clears throat> so she was a good saver. Oh, she was... Yes, that as well. <laughs> <laughs> she had a tin saving up for birthdays and Christmas and whatever. Yeah. And and I knew with three of us there was no chance of me getting a bike. Mm. If I did, it would probably be one that old Bill Green that lived next door put together. <laughs> <laughs> but... Lo and behold, Christmas morning, my mother said to me, pull the curtain back at the front door, it's a bit warm in here, because in those days you didn't have all this central heating, you have these thick chenille curtains at your doors to keep you warm. Yeah. And I pulled the curtain back and there was a bike. I'm pretty sure it was for one of my brothers. You see, I knew my mother was always a boy's mother. Yeah. I was Dad's girl, you know, but it was for me. I couldn't believe it. It was brand smacking new. I always wonder where she saved it, how she saved all the money. Yeah. <laughs> but that was the best part of that bike. Yeah. The worst part was two years later I still couldn't ride it and my dad used to take me down Fen Road where there was no traffic, Yeah. He holding on to my, my, the the, the saddle and me going along merrily until one good old day he said to me, Brenda, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to give you a push. You either get off or fall off. And I did. I fell off in the oh, you, oh, I thought you were going to say, and I went like the clappers. And no, I, I did. You fell it, off. I did in the dike. <laughs> full, full of water and thistles and everything. He didn't even help me out. He left me to walk home on my own. And I did push in the bike. So when he said that's the last time he meant it? He absolutely did. But, but, I did did. It, but did it work? No, it didn't really. I don't know how I learned, but I did. <laughs> Probably on my own falling off. It's not that I couldn't ride it. I was frightened to get off. I just wanted to keep going mile after mile, and you can't. You have to get off. Yeah. <laughs> Now then, I don't know when this is from, but this just says here, it's like a crossword clue, eggs in the snow. I'd been to Sunday school. Yeah. And I was walking home and it, we'd had a lot of snow and a big snow drift. And, and I, I looked and I saw one, two, well, six eggs, brown hen's eggs in the snow. Mm. I, I went home and I said to my mother, could have something, a basket or something, because uh, I've found there's some eggs in the snow. I thought she was going to clip me one because <laughs> she didn't believe me, you know. She never believed me, uh, anything I said. She gave me a basket and I went and I picked these six eggs up, snow as well, and brought them home. And she said, where did you get these eggs? 
Yeah. I think to the day she died, she never believed that I found six eggs in the bloody snow. Well, My dad did. <laughs> but why would why would you lie about finding six eggs in the snow? I don't know. But where did they come from? That remained a mystery. We could put a sign up in the shop window. Yeah. And just say, uh, you know. Found six eggs. Yeah, found <laughs> six eggs in the snow yeah. 70 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was only about seven or eight then. You know, young. I'd, I'd been to Sunday school. Yeah. But when you told her a Mother lie. Mother had a but if you told mental her a lie, condition. <laughs> but if you told her a lie, she believed you. Well, she did. Yes. Right. When I told her that, when I told her that lie about being ill and going to town with my grandmother. What was that one? Well... Oh, is that what... It says it here, it's Granny Coat. Is that what that means? Yeah. Right. See, I had a cousin, Pat. I've still got a cousin, Pat, bless her heart. But she's in a care home and I'm here telling you this, these stories. Yeah. And But Pat was the only child and she, you know, she got everything. Yeah. I was one of three and I didn't get everything. And my granny said to me one day, come in, I want to talk to you, Brenda. She said, you're going to be poorly tomorrow. I said, no, I'm not. I'm, fa- I'm all right. I'm all right. Nothing wrong with me. You are going to be poorly tomorrow. And I said, why? She said, don't ask questions. Just tell your mother that you're poorly tomorrow. And I didn't, well, I knew my... Uh, I was concerned about for me and my my health because if my mother found out I told a lie, you know. Yeah, you really would be bloody poor. <sighs> oh yes, I'd be punished for a month. And the next day. Mm. But <clears throat> she oh, oh, I thought now if my granny's doing that, it's got to benefit me. So right, I got up the next morning with a stomach ache, a headache, and couldn't go to school. So, so what? Do you remember what you said? So you had, oh, ah, well, I felt sick and I wasn't well, and I was so worried. But my mother worked down the, on, the, on the farm, Mrs. Blackman's. She was also a friend, but she worked there. And the mum went to work, and 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 I got dressed and went up to Granny's, and and Granny took me on the bus to town, mm. and bought me a new. Brown hat and coat. I couldn't believe it. I'd never, don't think I'd ever had a new hat and coat in my life. Oh. And I just loved it. Well, my mother didn't dare answer Granny back because mm. uh, Granny was a forceful character as well. And Is she, that her mum? Yes. Well, of course she wouldn't dare. And she didn't dare punish me, mum, because she knew Granny would get after mum. So I was like the right in the middle there. Yeah. But actually, I didn't really care because I got a new hat and coat. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to skip forward a bit here because this one says sugar cane. And that's in Puerto Rico. Oh, is it? Yeah, when we were stationed in... At Raimi Air Force Base. Raimi Air Force Base. So what year was this, roughly? 61. Okay. 61. Yeah, 61. So your kids would have been about 9 and 10. Yeah, and we used to drive up... From uh, Rainbow Air Force Base to San Juan, where the family lived, mm. and you know, have me see them and have meals with them, then drive back home. And like I, I've, I've said, my husband was like a third child. And when I think now the things he did with those children, it's a wonder they're still here. <laughs> yeah, because well, dangerous. Yes, he used. Oh, to... you mean that, don't you? Yes. <laughs> 
I do. Oh, I used to get so angry with him. He used to drive right close to a sugar cane lorry and there'd be sugar cane sticks sticking out the side and yeah. and Kim used to you say, Go on, go on, reach again and Kim used to reach and pull Out of the window. Out of the window. And nick sugar cane off a moving van. Yes, and put it in the car and then we'd get in the right lane after that Bloody and drive hell. home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was he was for such an intelligent man, he could be very stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Mumpy said something to me about fishing behind the Bacardi factory. My husband was a fisherman. Yeah. He loved it. And uh, <clears throat> used to go fishing what they call on the rocks. There were big rocks. Mm. I think it was to the right of the Bacardi, I think, of the Bacardi factory. Oh, so this is on Puerto Rico again? Yeah, this is Puerto Rico again. And you could really get drunk with the fumes from that factory. You really could. Yeah. Well, probably that was why he was always happy when he was fishing. <laughs> it just says here, mango jelly, mango jam. Well, <clears throat> I, until I met your, your granddad, yeah. I'd never had a mango, papaya, nothing like that, because you didn't have them here then, yeah. you know. And when I got to Puerto Rico, <clears throat> we lived on base, a street called La Madeline, and... At the bottom of the garden, there were two big mango trees. Yeah. Well, after the first mango, I was hooked. I loved that fruit. But you can only eat so much. And people were sweeping them up and putting them in their bins, you know, and I thought, there's got to be something I can do with these mangoes. I made mango jelly, mango jam, mango chutney, uh, mango, I, I, I put them in the fridge with water and then squeezed them, made a lovely mango drink, you know. <laughs> Boy, that was quite a good time. <laughs> and, and my sister-in-law said, well, it takes an English woman to come here and show us what to do with these mangoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were they were good times, they were. That was, a, that was one of the best assignments we had. I remember one Christmas I bought a, a, a pop gun and um, we we had a tr Christmas tree with chocolate things on it and, and we had a little dog, a dachshund. And Kim and Kim and, and Sandra were, were popping the corks and knocking the chocolates off and the dog was picking them up and hiding them behind the couch. <laughs> yeah. And Lou came, my husband came in the kitchen to me. I was cooking Christmas dinner. He was really upset. I said, what's wrong? He said, they won't let me have a go with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> and what about, uh, one, of, one of my best stories really is in Puerto Rico. Because in Puerto Rico, they do a lot of roasting of the pig. Yeah. You know, the whole pig. And, and Joaquim, my husband's brother, um, he had a big garden. He had a big spit, do you call it? Yeah, you know, yeah, spit. He had everything in the garden to do that. Yeah. And he, my husband told him, I'll buy the pig if you come down and get it. Yeah. So Joaquin came down to the base and they went out to some place, I forget where, yeah. and bought the pig. A, a nice, meaty-looking small pig. Alive. Yeah. Um, 
Very much so. Oh, OK. <laughs> it was in the boot yeah. of, of, uh, of our car. Mm. They went out to the car together uh, to lift the pig from our car into the back of Joaquin's car. Yeah. And, and the pig wiggled so much and squealed so much that they dropped it. <laughs> oh, God. Now, that's when the fun started. Well, you shouldn't because, have bought a wiggly pig. Well, we lived in a base housing. Yeah. In the, in the officer's area, which was very nice. Yeah. <laughs> and there's this little pig running like mad all around on people's lawns and grass, and our ducks and dog chasing it. There was such a noise that finally the air police came and they didn't know what the heck was going on. But finally, between my husband, his brother, the air police and half of the housing estate, they caught the pig and put it in the back of Watkins' car. Yeah. Thank God, and he left, and I declared never, ever would I buy another pig. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When we were stationed in at Turner Air Force Base, Georgia, <clears throat> or was it what? No, it was Washington, D.C. Right. I, they had a room between them. And How old were they at this time? Three and four. Oh, okay. Kim had what the Americans called a youth bed. Wow, what's that? It's a like a single bed. Yeah. But it has like slats down the side that you can let down or, or put up. Right. Well, because uh, he, he was three or four years old, we didn't put them up. Sandra had a cot, and Kim found out how to lower the side on Sandra's bed. And I was really <clears throat> tired and that, and I went and sat out on the doorstep with my friend Pearl to have a cup of coffee. I thought, well, I better go and check to see what the children are doing because I didn't trust Kim. He was a little instigator. (laughs) (laughs) And I went in and lo and behold, there they both were on the kitchen floor, 
Sandra looked like a white ghost and Kim as well because I had a cupboard for all my washing things and one for rice and flour and sugar and all those things. Mm. And we only used to get paid once a month. Yeah. So we stocked up at the commissary, you know, for the whole month. You did a monthly big shop. Oh, yes. You know, the first, yeah. And I went in the kitchen and there was sugar, rice. There were no bags of rice then. You buy the big the big bags of mm. white rice. Sugar, rice, flour, washing powder, baby powder, you name it, whatever they could tear open or open, they did. Oh, and it was all over the kitchen. But they both looked at me with this white face, big grins on their face, you know. <laughs> I didn't know whether to put them in the bath and drown them <laughs> or, or what to do. So I picked them up bodily and put them in bed, back in their beds. Yeah. And then I had to start shoveling it all up because there's nothing you can do. It was all oh mixed up God. together, you know. <laughs> You talked about that. It says here Dachshund, and, and, uh, and it's you. You had quite a lot of Dachshunds. I remember Mum talking about that. A blaze of Saint Ives. Well, that sounds like a proper male. Yeah. That he was expensive, black and tan, a be- miniature, a beauty. But again, he was spoiled by the children and Lou. And. Um, but not by you. No, because I put him outside to do his business and I didn't clean up after him, you know. But he, he was a lovely dog and children loved him. Yeah. Well, someone from a nearby town heard that we had this pedigree blaze of St. Eyes that was highly sought after. I see. And they came to see us and said, would we allow our dog to mate with their bitch? Yeah. We said yes. You can have the pick of the litter. So they brought their dog over, beautiful brown um, female dachshund. Yeah. Well, Blaze took one look at that dog, that bitch, went up the stairs under the bed and didn't come out. <laughs> he didn't like the dog. He was frightened of her. Yeah. So we we didn't think there was much chance of... Of their mating. Yeah. So I had a friend next door named Phyllis. And she was <laughs> she was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> and she came over one day and she got the broom and got this this dog from under my dog from under the bed. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't the female. I mean, she was raring to go. It was just my <laughs> my your, dog. Your wussy little dog. <laughs> And in the hallway yeah. was my son's sports bag. Right. So she, we put this female in the sports oh, bag. Oh, you didn't. And we, put, and we put Blaze in the bag behind her and held the handles together. And <laughs> anyway, and my, I couldn't do anything for laughing. And Phyllis said, come on, get on with it. So come there's on, just that two heads sticking out one end. No, they had, yeah, 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 because, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, it did the trick. 
But when it was all over, well, while this was going on, there yeah. was there was a knock on my front door. Yeah, it was the, probably the police. No, and I opened the door and it was a man come to read the meter. <laughs> and he said... He, he, he said... He laughed. And he said... When, <laughs> and Philly said... And my friend Phil, I loved her. She was lovely. And she said, go on, get on with it. Read the meter. We've got something going on here. And he said... <laughs> he said, I've seen some things when I've been going to houses. Well, never anything like this. <laughs> and, 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 and he left. And I... It was all over. I guess it did the trick and Blaze yeah. got out and zoomed straight well, up the stairs under the bed again. <laughs> yeah, what I would say, Brenda, is if you locked me in a hold all, oh, I, I would have done the same bloody thing. I told Kim and he said, I'm not going to use that bloody bag again. Yeah. <laughs> now, we're running out now. We're getting near the end, Brenda. Are we? Yeah, we haven't got too many left. This one just says, well, I've not a clue what this means. This says, made the horse. Oh, yeah. That's another story about an incident. Right. Now, this was in Washington, D.C. We lived in an apartment yeah. waiting for a base house. And Kim, my son, wanted a rocking horse. Right. Well, to buy a decent rocking horse was expensive and we didn't have the money. Yeah. You know, we, we were buying a car, we were buying air conditioning, we were buying everything and we didn't have the money. So um, good old Lou said, I'll make him one. Well, he, he, he did a pretty good job on the frame. Yeah. He made a frame and that. And he bought a, a, a it wasn't plastic, it was like a brittle plastic horse, a yeah. real a real. Proper horse. Yeah. <laughs> and he bought four springs. Now, they weren't dainty little springs, so he could rock back and forth and enjoy it. They were big springs. <laughs> and he put them on this horse. Well, first time, oh, Kim loved it. I mean, it really went. <laughs> 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 he got on this horse and he was parked, it was sitting near the Christmas tree. The, I can see I can see that apartment now. Yeah. On the right side near the Christmas tree. And he jumped, he was going back and forth on this horse and went forward and landed up on the couch the other side of the room. It, that's another time when my husband was... That sounds dangerous. Over-ambitious. <laughs> Bloody hell. But he did change the springs eventually because I threatened to go and put it in the trash bin if he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. But he did change the springs. And I've got a photograph, still got a photograph of that horse. This one says Avon Cakes. No, it says Avon, question mark. Well, the Avon was, again, in America. <clears throat> and this was Washington, D.C., because I used to... Um, go around in the even selling Avon because I was trying to save money to come home and visit with the children. Mm. And I, I did very well, really. 
And then at weekends, my husband and the children used to take me all around the car to deliver it. Yeah. Well, again, Kim, they were supposed to be taking their nap. I was downstairs doing something and, oh, I could smell this lovely smell coming from upstairs. Oh, no. Now, before I finish this story, I'll tell you, I, I, I bought from the uh, department store green sheets and beige sheets and I made curtains, green curtains and beige curtains and, yeah. and different things, you know, it's so much cheaper than buying them. Yeah. And <clears throat> I went upstairs and Kim and Sandra... <laughs> had opened all the Avon things and the walls were red stripes from the lipstick and faces from the lipsticks. The bed covers were, I mean, everything was red and pink and they'd opened the creams and, yes, I didn't earn any money that month because I had to buy them all again myself. Oh, my God. Yeah. What's this? Kim's haircut. Well, from when he was a little boy, he used to go to the barbers and they used to sit him on the child's chair and that. He hated it. Mm. He really got really upset and he hated it. You couldn't even bribe him to sit still and have it done. So so my husband bought a, a, a do-it-yourself barber kit mm. with the old clippers oh, that God, you clip well, up the neck hole and that. Now, bearing in mind, Kim did not have a small head. Kim's got a... Big head. Yeah, well, he's got a... Big head. Big head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, a lot of hair. Yeah. Thick, coarse hair. Yeah. And um, i never forget the first haircut he had. It honestly looked like somebody put a basin on his head and cut around it. He looked awful. Is that with the home haircutting kit? Yes, that was with his father doing it. Yeah, it was awful. And then my sister-in-law came with her daughter to stay. She came Your from... Puerto Rican sister-in-law, yeah, Nelly, Nelly, was that? Nelly yeah. came from Puerto Rico to stay with us. Yeah. She was going to a, child, a children's hospital there with her daughter. Yeah. And when she saw Kim, she said, what happened to your hair? And and Lou said, I, well, he won't go to the barbers, you know. So I bought this kit and I cut it and she said... Well, needless to say, I think Nelly was the one that said, you have to sit still and close your eyes and you won't know what's happening mm. and they'll cut your hair. And I think after that it was a lot better. Yeah, but I'll tell, tell you what helped, knowing what the alternative would be if he didn't sit still. Because oh, <laughs> I tell you what, because presumably it, he didn't like his haircut. It looked awful. Did, he, did Kim hate it as well? He did. You know, well, he wouldn't sit still, he, 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 but but not after that he wasn't. No. And we got rid of that barber set. <laughs> oh, Brenda. Yes. Thank you very much. Young man, you're welcome. And that was Brenda, 88 years old and still with more vim and vigour than most people half her age. As always, this podcast is about sharing some fantastic life stories but many older people don't have anyone to share their stories with. There are 1.2 million chronically lonely people in the UK. 
If you'd like to know more, then visit campaigntoendloneliness.org and find out how together we can start to put a stop to it. The more of these interviews I do and the more old legends I meet, the more I get to see just how easy and enjoyable it is to offer some company and an ear to some amazing people. There really is no such thing as an ordinary life. Thanks to Brenda, again, and thanks to Acast for hosting this podcast. See you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.